Good morning, everybody. This is Old History here. Uh, before we begin the, today's podcast, uh, this weekend is the weekend of Heritage Days, uh, where just about everybody from all over the country comes in, sells their product. Now, it is supposed to rain. don't know how many people are going to be there, uh, but let's hope I have a good turnout. I won't have a booth, but I just like to go, and I've never missed one. So today's podcast is going to be about the logging towns uh, across the Smokies and what it was and why it failed. I'll just talk about a couple of key towns and key happenings. Uh, so let's begin. So the first of Larry we have to go over is called Wasp. Um, probably heard of it you might not have for those of you that are not in Tennessee or not southerners I'm kidding so wasp is in the Wolf Creek area of Cock County Tennessee it's on the way out of North Carolina right in the middle of the mountains now it sits just above the Appalachian Trail and it was settled probably in the mid 1800s now we don't know almost anything about this town the only thing we know about it comes from a few first-hand accounts, as there are no records, there are no books. Uh, really, there isn't anything. So, the first grave, the first burial there took place in the 1820s, according to Find a Grave. I don't know if that's true. don't know when the exact first settlement was. just have no idea. So, outside of that, Wasp had its beginnings as a logging town. Um... It's on the Appalachian Trail, so you know it had quite a few visitors uh, to and from. At some point, the railroad, when the railroad reached Wolf Creek, uh, passengers would be transported to Hot Springs and to Wasp. There was a railroad that on the North Carolina side as well. I can't remember the name of it. So the first post office in Wasp opened in 1901. It had its own grocery store, had its own school, uh, so on and so forth. Now, the story of Wasp is all too common throughout the Smokies, and specifically towns in the Smokies of that time, as the National Park Service began buying up land beginning in the 1920s as, deep or, as logging in that area reached a peak before the Great Depression. Um, so by the time they began buying up the land, the community of Wasp was probably already in shambles, and people had already started to leave the town because of a lack of work. The economy was in shambles. There was just nothing there. So, and then from there, you can probably only ever guess that with no one there, there was no one to keep up the town. Uh, the building just fell into disrepair. I believe they actually stood up until about the 1990s before they were pushed over because they were a hazard. Don't take my word on that. I don't know. I've not seen anything else about this town outside of what I've covered on the Facebook page, which is what I'm reading from. So somebody asked me why it was named Wasp. Now, on a very old map, uh, it's pre-1900s, it was called warm springs now i'm not sure why it was shortened to wasp but 
The very next map, which is dated after the 1900s, it is abbreviated WASP. And then in a later map, it's just simply called WASP, which we believe uh, stands for Warm Springs. However, there is no record of that. So the next town we have to talk about is called Elkmont, which I'm pretty sure everybody has heard of Elkmont because if you search it up on Google or YouTube, you'll find rural, rural expedition videos or urban expedition videos, lots of pictures uh, of the buildings as they all still stand for the most part. But it wasn't always called Elkmont as the area was first settled in the 1840s and was known as Little River due to its location in the upper Little River Valley. Now in 1901, the Little River Lumber Company was formed when Colonel Wilson B. Townsend purchased around 90,000 acres of land along the river so he could transport timber. Colonel Townsend also built a railroad that connected the Riverside logging site through his company's sawmill in Tuckaleechee Cove. The logging railway contributed directly to turning the town into a vacation destination. Wealthy families from Knoxville and Nashville would take a train to the Smokies for weekend getaways. Now that area was eventually bought out so they could set up their resort community. So this is where it becomes a common story. When the National Park Service was established, residents could decide to sell their homes for full value and relocate immediately or they could sell their properties to the National Park Service for a discounted price and get to stay in their homes the remainder of their life. Most of those leases expired in 1992. That left the Great Smoky Mountains Park with about 70 historic buildings and nobody to maintain them. And because there was no one to take care of the cabins, they started to deteriorate. And this led to the town being called the ghost town of Elkmont. Another pretty common story is the one of the railroads, as with the number of towns that were popping up, you know, trying to log places out, such as Wasp and Elkmont, and there were plenty of others along the Appalachian region. I just can't name them all sitting in this video. Another one of those railroads would be the Black Mountain Railroad, or the Black Mountain and, and Yancey. Excuse me, what you're hearing is a uh, scrolling of my mouse. I'm going through the information here. Now, I, I made a post about this on my page as well because I found a picture, really, really awesome picture, um, of one of the Black Mountain Railway locomotives sitting abandoned in a, one of the railway yards in North Carolina. So the Black Mountain Railway was chartered in 1883 and it was first operational around 1910, 1912, somewhere in that area. It began with private investments, which was then taken over by the Carolina Clinchfield and Ohio Railway or the CCNO. The height of its operation, uh, the line stretched 20 mi 23 miles from Escota, North Carolina to Kona, North Carolina. Now this also included a daily passenger service and a mixed freight train. 
So, again, this is a common story. Around 1928, most of the timber in that area had been depleted. So this kind of pretty heavily impacted the line. And the line from Escota to Burnsville, North Carolina, was removed. And the only remainder of the line traffic was reduced so steadily that over the next 23 years, uh, in 1951, the, the Clinchfield Railroad actually applied for abandonment with the Interstate Commerce Commission with permission granted. So local interest actually stepped up and bought the line for $22,000 then acquired a new locomotive and then it became the Yancey Railway, but that's a different story. So whenever you hear about these ghost towns and the Smokies, just know that what happened was as settlers began to move west after the revolution, people needed timber to buy to build homes. And then the more people that moved, the more timber that they needed, the more of these towns that sprang up until eventually the mountains were bald. There were no trees, as I've read certain accounts from many of the first people that stepped foot into the Smokies, but there were trees just so tall that you couldn't even see the sky. Huge, glorious trees, but again, when they were stripped, the towns just didn't have anything else to do with it, so they just left. And then that's when the National Forest Service came in trying to fix it. So, I won't bore you guys to death any longer. I hope you guys enjoyed the this podcast this morning. Uh, let's go to Heritage Days. I hope everybody has a great weekend and a great rest of the week.